The truth is out there. But these two goofballs aren't likely to find it. You're listening to Half Cut Conspiracies. I like it. It's a uh, it's a good refreshing drink. I I'm not a fan actually. What? Oh, yeah. Well, sorry for making you drink it. You didn't make me drink it. I'm happy. That's true. I, I had it on the, we, I had as, it on the table. You didn't even know as it was we discussed for you. earlier. Like I'm yeah. Irish, so I'll drink whatever's put in front <laughs> yeah, of me. Yeah. But I just remember buying it because um, I do like a lot of like European beers. Like many many years ago, my go-to beer was Bex, which I think is out of Germany mm. or something mm-hmm. like that. I really like that one. Heineken. I also really I'm really fond of. Um, and so I bought Stella with that same kind of palette in mind, and okay. it's not quite no. there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not bad. It's it's better than Coors Light, which is also something I've yeah. been drinking tonight. I know. So yeah, I came I like, here. I came here for no other purpose than to insult all of the beer. That yeah, you've given exactly. Me I, I, and I like how I put this beer on the table. I took the the Instagram photo, put the beer on the table. And then you just start drinking it, and like that, maybe that was all for me. Maybe I just placed it there for me. And I was oh, like, "What? Are, what, what did you bring to the table?" That's a fair John? point. Yeah. Well, what I brought to the table was a bottle of J.P. Weiser's uh, Manhattan Whiskey Cocktail, and a Whistler Brewing Company Winter Dunkel Limited Edition is what I brought to the table. <laughs> Thank you for trying to shame me for bringing nothing, but uh, no, you did not I, succeed. Yeah. And while we're talking about our drinks. Um, Alongside the Stella, I am. I also am drinking one of these uh, J.P. Weiser's Manhattan Whiskey Cocktails. It's pretty much a pre-mixed uh, Manhattan, which is essentially it's whiskey, it's sweet vermouth, and bitters. It's one of my favorite cocktails, and you can get it uh, pre-mixed in a bottle. Thank you, J.P. Weiser's. You're not a sponsor, but you're more than happy to become one if you would like to. We need to tag them so they know that we like their stuff. And actually, when I say we, we can, uh, I didn't like them before, but they're definitely growing on me as we go through more podcasts. And we and can I tag Stella, too, even if I'm a little bit indifferent on their, their taste. Yeah, I mean, I'll drink all the stuff. I'll drink That's it. fine. You drink all the JP Weisers. I'll drink all and the And in fact, Stella, should you become a, a, a sponsor, I would be happy to change my perspective. <laughs> To have a sudden realization that my my former thoughts were wrong. I think we've already determined that we can be bought. We can be uh, bought. Yeah. With uh, Elon Musk and alcohol. Just give us your money. <laughs> Just give us an Elon will... Musk? <laughs> no, in one of the episodes, you mentioned you didn't like Elon or whatever. But oh, that's then right. you're like, yeah, if he wants to pay us money, I'll yeah, sure. stop insulting you. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't yet, though, so fuck you, Elon Musk. <laughs> Oh, hey, hi. Oh, Elon hey. Musk. Elon Musk just walked into this bar. Oh, this is awkward. I hope he didn't hear what I said. Um, maybe maybe you'd like to pull up a chair and, and join us, Mr. Musk, uh, and share your muskiness with us. Um, we were just about to talk about uh, a few different things, uh, including the Roswell UFO accident or crash or, or cover-up. Yes. But first, I think we need to talk about... The uh, the first alien to arrive on this earth, Jesus Christ. Yes, um, this is a serious thing. There is a war on Christmas. Yes. And it's been happening since the dawn of time when God created the dinosaurs and all that stuff. And the dinosaurs <laughs> said, we are going to rule this earth. And Jesus said, no, you're not. And, and Jesus then, pulled out his laser gun and started shooting the dinosaurs. And the dinosaurs said, fuck you, Jesus. This and, is a war. 
and then Starbucks stopped printing Merry Christmas on their mugs. And that's so pretty much what happened. That's yeah. the backstory of it. I don't know if this came up before. It probably has because I, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm hopefully not one of those atheists who bring up all the time that I'm an atheist, but I do kind of bring it <laughs> up. Had in four these... episodes and I think it's all four episodes. <laughs> it, but in a contest like this, it's important because like as an atheist, I'm kind of the one who is, I think, accused of being one of the masterminds of the war on Christmas that, that mm -hmm. believers can't say things like Merry Christmas and they can't put like a, a nativity scene in their yard or whatever. Well, let me just sort of speak as an atheist. And I think, uh, you know, for probably most, if not all atheists, we don't really care what you say. We don't really care what you put in your yard. Just don't put it in my yard. Just don't put it in my yard. <laughs> and don't put um, it out front of City Hall. And don't put it, you know, in the mall. You know, th these are all public space. Well, I mean, my space is a private space. But, like, City Hall and the mall and these places mm -hmm. are public spaces that need to attempt to pay respect to all faiths and not just one. And we live in a country with these freedoms of religion to believe what you want. Whether that's Christianity or Islam or Hinduism or uh, Pastafarianism oh, yeah. or nothing at all. Or what were you going to say? I was just Hanukkah. Like, it's not a religion, Hanukkah, but <laughs> no, it's a season. Yeah, or it's like they're, Jewish, you know, the, yeah, yeah, they're, you know, the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah. Yeah. I don't know. This is my ignorance showing. Um, but yeah, no, like, there are many different religions that have many different ways of celebrating this season. And so I find it interesting that anytime there's like, oh, war on Christmas, the Starbucks didn't put Merry Christmas on their mug, they made it uh, for everyone, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, sure, but I mean, Christianity isn't the only religion yeah. out there. So when you're saying Merry Christmas, great, that's uh, sure, fine, whatever. I say that too every once in a while. But it is specific to that one religious version of the mm -hmm, holiday. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, why why don't they have Happy Hanukkah or Merry Kwanzaa or whatever, you know, their their version of it is? So, like, yeah, why is it all that, that the war on Christmas is a big thing when there's a lot of other religions that, that are being ignored? As yeah, well. they're being yeah. ignored. And they, I guess they're maybe too minority to be heard. Well, I think part war. of it is that there are certain factions of Christianity that enjoy the idea of being persecuted. It's it's like because Jesus was beaten and whipped and tortured and crucified, supposedly, um, there's this idea that the closer you can get to having those experiences, the more persecuted that you mm. can be, the closer you are to him. And wow. I think that's where a lot of this war on Christmas comes from. It's from a desire to feel persecuted when you're not really being persecuted, guys. Okay, but on that, but being a, you know, I grew up religious. Um, I went to Catholic elementary school. I was born um, Catholic, you know, Roman Catholic. So with Jesus, everything I remember from him, like he knew his story. He knew the future that was going to happen to him because he was all-knowing and his his, da his dad passed it down. Uh, <laughs> whatever, that he would know his future. And he went through it all 
knowing that I'm gonna die. Yeah. People are going to persecute me. I am not gonna fight this. This needs to be done. And also, so I'll, with I'll your come back argument, to life in three days, so it's yeah, not really exactly. a big deal. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So with your argument of like, people wanna feel closer to Jesus, then they should just accept that persecution. <laughs> Like maybe I want to feel like Jesus, so I want everyone to you know hate what I believe, and I will just accept that as a, a you know a power that will build me up, and then when I die, I will be born again in three days, either in real life or the imaginary life, and or virtual reality. Yeah, and then the cycle continues. Yeah. So I feel like people, yeah, if they're complaining about the war on Christmas, they're not actually being like persecuted Jesus. enough. Yeah. Well, no, they're just they're they're not being like Jesus. <laughs> right. Jesus being like, oh guys, yeah, guys, just stop accept it. it. Yeah, come on. No, 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 just no, go no. with it. Roll with not, it. Not with right? the crucifixion, guys. Come on. Come <laughs> yeah. on. This isn't fair. Yeah. Uh, in in all seriousness, though, there definitely is, I wouldn't say it's a war on Christmas. I think there's more a cognizant understanding of everyone's beliefs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and knowing that as a business i need to placate maybe not placate is the right word but i need to respect respect <laughs> yeah that's a better word to use much better <laughs> yeah i need to respect everyone's beliefs and if the more political correct one is Seasons Greetings or whatever that doesn't touch on religions and isn't going to offend one particular religion, I will go with that because then I'm not offending anyone. And I don't see that as a war on Christmas. I see that as just a good business practice. Yeah. I see, like, there's memes around now where it's like, around here we say Merry Christmas. And it's like, <laughs> around here I say whatever I want. Like, <laughs> You don't get to tell me how I wish someone oh a gosh. good holiday season, right? That It's so funny, though, how they twist things like that. Like, it's like, around here, we say this. Yeah. But then if it's like, you, let's talk about masks. It's like, I'm not wearing masks because blah, blah, blah. So it becomes like a me thing. Yeah. But when it's something that you want everyone else to do, it becomes a we thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I you say whatever you want. Merry Christmas, yeah. Happy Hanukkah, anything. I will respect your religion. Uh, just don't push it in my face. I think the best description I've heard recently is that running around telling everyone Merry Christmas is like going around telling everyone Happy Birthday when it's your birthday. <laughs> you don't know what they're celebrating and and telling them to celebrate what you're celebrating is kind of a jackassy thing to do. But happy holidays is something that allows you to say, you know, the, the best of the season, regardless of what of many potential celebrations you could be taking part in right now. Yeah. I Which like I think that. is is ultimately the message that we should be sending. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a celebrate a time of celebration. Um no matter what your beliefs. No matter like what your every, beliefs. Everyone should be happy. Everyone should be celebrating. This is a, a great time where a lot of people get some time off work. They get to be with their families. Not this year. Not but this most year. Years. So, yeah, it should be a happy time no matter what you're celebrating. So, I don't know. I just, I find it interesting when people get offended when companies don't respect the Christian version of this yeah. holiday. Speaking of not being with families, um, a couple of years ago, I remember KFC 
offering this special <laughs> holiday bundle for one <laughs> as like one of the saddest <laughs> Christmas dinners I'd ever seen. I don't think it's on the menu right now, and I don't know if the they marketing people, right? Out if the marketing this. people at KFC are listening, like, what are you guys doing? Like, most people are staying home alone this holiday season. Th there's never been a better time for the holiday bundle for one. They were ahead of their time. KFC, is what it we was. need, we need the holiday bundle <laughs> for one in 2020. Make yes. it happen. You still got like. Oh, it's it's probably too late by the time this podcast comes out, so never mind. But they'll have a few days. They'll have a few days. Maybe yeah. I don't know. We'll see. All right. <laughs> uh, and that brings us to the end of um, the war on Christmas. Yeah, I don't think there's a war on Christmas. There is Everyone, not. But the if season's there is, still gonna be here. If there is, yeah. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to those in the trenches out there. Keep on fighting. Uh, now let's move on to the subject at hand: the year. 1947. The place. Roswell, New Mexico. The event. One of the most talked about UFO sightings of all time. Or was it? The US military claimed that it, it was only a crashed weather balloon. But that hasn't stopped people from demanding to know the truth behind the Roswell crash. <laughs> Uh, wow, that was, uh, you're setting us up for, like, future episodes have to be, like, <laughs> really well done. Oh, my God. So, Roswell. Yeah, we're talking there about Roswell. Was, I don't know if uh, any of you heard that there was uh, some aliens that may have landed there. A An unidentified flying craft. Yeah. Some sort, well, crashed craft. Crashed craft? Crash craft. Like, nobody actually saw it fly. Well, they just saw the debris. That's... <laughs> 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 Actually, the, the, what's best known about the Roswell the craft is that it couldn't fly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's actually, I just thought of that right now, because in all the things, the, the government does mention something about, like, an unidentified flying object, but, but in it, all of it, it's it, like, it was discovered when it was crashed exactly, and in yeah. particles, it, it, so it, it, how do we know it even <laughs> flew? It could be somebody just got, like, threw a bunch of garbage. Just went straight <laughs> somebody down. Somebody just threw their garbage in yeah, some exactly. guy's field. Yeah, uh, yeah, Roswell is probably one of the most known um, supposed alien crashes. I remember uh, a number of years ago uh, going to Las Vegas, and um, they have a museum of like the, the history of like nuclear warfare. But for the period that I visited, they also had this small display on on Roswell because Roswell is actually very close to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, there wasn't a lot of like really cool. Stuff in the displays, and I don't remember much of it, so I'm not sure why I'm bringing it up. But uh, I was there, so that was cool. So since you mentioned that it was tied to uh, the nuclear bombs, um, one of the things, this might be jumping ahead a bit, but one of the reasons that the government said, like their whole... Um, yeah, I see where you're going. I guess cover-up of this whole thing was that it was a... weather a, balloon. That's what they said. Well, That's what that was said. the first thing they said. They... And uh, so this is. Oh, this so is, you're, are you arguing that the second thing they claimed was a cover-up as well? Yeah. The, well, the second thing, if you're talking about how it was the um, basically the the balloons that had microphones. Yeah. That to were, detect yes, nuclear yes, tests. Yes. Yeah. So um, is that maybe why it was in that no. museum? No. Okay. I don't know. All right. 
Or maybe they're well because it happened. It happened around the same time of the Cold War, and so mm. they were monitor the government. You know, claimed yeah. that they were monitoring their the. Um, and so you don't think atomic, they were? You keep making claims. Yeah, I don't know. I no. Okay, I'm not a big like. Normally, I don't believe in conspiracies to the extreme, but with this one, there are so many cover up after cover ups that I I don't know what to believe. And then... See, I think you, you make a good point as far as why the government becomes someone you can't trust in these kind of situations, right? When when the Roswell crash first happens, they they say, oh, it was just a... It was a weather balloon. It was a weather balloon, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. And um, you know what? To that point, it happened in July of 1947, and I don't think it was until the um, the... Report was released years later in the 90s or something, 94, I believe it was, that the report actually said it wasn't a weather balloon. Right, yeah, exactly. And so all of those years between 47 to 94, it was just believed, like, oh, okay, it was a weather balloon. Fine. We didn't, nobody asked questions. But then when the government was like, just kidding, we lied. Then at that well, point, I think I think the questions came up a little bit earlier than that. maybe a little bit, but, but it wasn't so, such a big you, you thing. You still have a thing where I, th- well, I think I think what it was is like, well, okay, so let's look at the time frame here. About three weeks before July eighth, William Brazell, a foreman working on the J.B. Foster Ranch, noticed clusters of debris approximately thirty miles north of Roswell, New Mexico. The next day, he goes back and picks up the debris, and then a day after that. He hears reports uh, of flying discs in the area. And he starts to wonder if that's what he's found. Um, He reports that he's found a disc to Sheriff Wilcox. Wilcox calls the RAAF, or the Roswell Army Airfield, uh, Major Jesse Marcel. Marcel brings in Lieutenant Colonel Sheridan Cavett and Master Sergeant Bill Rickett to the ranch where um, more pieces were picked up. Now on July 8th, Uh, The Roswell Army Airfield Public Information Officer Walter Hout issues a press release stating that personnel from the field's 509th Operations Group had recovered a flying disc. So this is the point where you the the, the words are first put out mm-hmm. in, an in the media, yeah, officially, fashion. yeah. This is from somebody, the government, yeah, saying this is a flying disc, and this is what, of course, starts. Not everything here, really. I think it mm-hmm. dies down here pretty quick. But when they come up. And, and dig it up years later, that's what they, it tips them off, right? The report was immediately picked up by numerous news outlets, so of course it's out there all over the news. Eventually the government reports it was just a weather balloon, and everyone pretty much forgets about it until the 1970s, when investigators start digging around again. So, okay, on that big time gap, I did hear an interview with somebody who was around back in uh, 47 when it happened, and it's interesting because... Nowadays, if anything like that were to hit the news, you'd have everyone jumping all over it, questioning, you know, is the government telling us the truth? What's the story behind this? They'd want to know all the the facts about it. And in that interview with, I forget who it was, just one of the citizens that knew uh, Brazil talked about, like, they trusted the government back then, and they trusted what they were saying. And so when they originally came out with their story of, Oh, it was just a weather balloon. We looked into it, whatever. They just believed that. And so that was, I thought that was really interesting that there was such a big gap between, you know, when it actually happened to when the conspiracies started to gain momentum Mm -hmm. and traction. 
And that it was just interesting hearing that, you know, the government was the trusted source of news, they were reliable, whatever, anything they said, it must have been the truth. And so, yeah, later on, when they came out saying, oh, you know, just kidding, we, we lied about that, it was actually this, I think that's when people started questioning a lot more about is the government telling us the truth? And yeah, I'm not sure in the 70s what happened, why people started looking into it more, if that was maybe the first time that that the government came out with with their, their article. What I was reading, it said something in 94, they released a report that talked about how it wasn't a weather balloon, it was something else, but maybe in the 70s something else happened. Yeah, I've got my notes says in the 90s, the the, um, the military published two reports disclosing that the true nature of the crashed object was a nuclear test surveillance balloon from Project Mogul. Uh, my point being there, though, as far as that goes, is that this is how the government undermines its own ability to be trustworthy. That I almost think like they would have been better off never releasing the true information about what it was. Because on the one hand, you can understand where they're coming from in the midst of the Cold War. They're trying to like eavesdrop on what's going on in Russia. And they don't fucking want Russia yeah. to know, right? Yeah. If they tell the US media, it's going to get to Russia. And then Russia's going to know they got like these fucking microphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, floating around sky, above them. Yeah. So of course they're going to lie about it. And, but as soon as you come out and say, oh yeah, we were lying about this. Here's the truth. Yeah, There's we didn't want you someone. to know the truth because we were hiding it There's from... There's going to be someone yeah. going, oh, well, what are you lying about now? Is this another lie to hide another lie? And, uh, yes. and it just becomes this this rabbit hole of, of distrust. Yeah. But I think a lot of what the U.S. government did in the 40s and 50s and 60s was mired in a lot of behaving... Actually, like, spying on Russia is like the least shitty thing they probably yeah. did during that period. But here's my thing about how it, it popped up again in the 1970s is you're dealing with, as investigators are digging into this in the 1970s, it's been 30 years since the event happened. And we know that memory sucks. That yeah. like eyewitness testimony is gets shit. worse after the first day. You cannot trust yeah. eyewitness testimony in a court case. Like it's yeah. just it's fucking ridiculous how bad memory is. And so to go to people 30 years after an event happened and expect to get the truth about that event is insane. That is a very valid point uh about human recollection is shit. Mm. Um and in any type of investigation, yeah, they do say that get the eyewitness testimony right away because that's when it's most reliable. Anything after that is pretty much garbage because yeah. people's minds just build things up as you go. So I could I could definitely see all these people that were tied to actually, you know, being eyewitnesses in air quotes to anything that happened then, as the media stories are coming out, maybe building things up a little bit more in their head and like, oh yeah, like there's there's one um, thing that I know that they have, I have here talking about how people saw aliens, be, like alien bodies being carried out of yep. this thing. Yep. And so the military says that they are parachute test dummies that fell out. So they did come out with uh, a statement saying that did there they? were, yeah, 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 that they did, uh, There it was in a 97 report. So what were they then? Well, the military says that they were parachute test dummies. That they were pulling out of this debris. So okay, so wait, is that a separate thing then from the 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 nuclear 
scanning thing? Did they have two crashes uh, th- in the this same spot? Is, this is why I, when you were saying, like, oh, oh you don't believe this one thing, it's because from the reports that have come out, 94 was a report, in 70 whatever there was a report, in 97 there was a report, and all of them have different things. Mm. So clearly there's something that they're hiding. It's probably most likely a military thing Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. they just didn't want the public to know at the time because they were still spying on Russia or whoever. But it's also, it could be the military thing that they're backwards engineering alien technology exactly right right? so anyway so there there was that thing of the the parachute test dummies and i've not heard that and people saw you know something being carried out of this debris and so in their heads when they read the news articles of this is an alien ufo type thing oh my gosh though the yes i did see them carry out aliens from that thing when really they just probably saw somebody carrying a body-like object. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. Could yeah. have been the, the parachute yeah. test dummies that yeah. didn't fall out of the sky. So yeah, I the people's recollection of events can be influenced uh, very much so by what they see in the media and what's reported, uh, and especially if they haven't. Thirty years later, if they're trying to remember something. Obviously, it's going to be changed. Well, you know, you got to think, too, about, like, the fact that the media at the time was even referring to uh, what had crashed as a flying disc, right? Mm -hmm. And so the people who had seen the crash debris, they're going to go home, they're going to hear the radio reports talking about it. And so 30 years later, when someone says, did you see the debris of 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 a flying disc? They're going to say, yeah. Because that's what they were told it was by the media at that time, even though... There's nothing about their observations that maybe made it a flying disc. It's just, it's fucking garbage all over the ground. But because of what they absorbed in the general conversation about the event, um, yeah. I think it's time to uh, open our, our dumpkel, yes, is it not? Yeah, I finished my, uh, my Stella. Uh, what did, uh, yeah, what's some, uh, some details on this uh, other drink? Yeah, so this is, is it a, Dunkel or Dun- Dunkel? Well, you can... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I hear me feel like I'm dumb for not knowing how I don't, that's I don't actually know. I just like... Dunkel. Uh, it's, dun- I don't know. Dunkel sounds like, uh, this is my drunk uncle. Uh, maybe it my is. Dunkel. It came from my drunk uncle. Uh, how, do I, how, how to pronounce drunkel? <laughs> how do you got to dunkel? Here we go. I got YouTube. YouTube will tell us. Dunkel. 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 I feel like now, every time I... Dunkel. Dunkel. Is it getting slower? Dunkel. 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 He just gets more drunk every time. Dunkel. I feel like anytime I'll be like in conversation, like, yeah, I'm just going to try this beer. It's like, Dunkel. Dunkel. I wonder, yeah. So uh, it's from Whistler Brewing Company. It's a it's a winter dunkel. Uh, it uh, won the Canadian Brewing Awards. <laughs> Almost <laughs> choked on that drink. Uh, uh, gold in Toronto. Uh, it's basically a chocolate orange dark beer. Uh, I had it last year, and I think the year before. It is amazing. If you if you like chocolate oranges, like it literally tastes exactly like that, and then there's a booze in it too, so perfect. Like, yeah, there's no it's like the best of both worlds, right? 
And if you don't like chocolate oranges, at least there's booze in it. At least there's <laughs> booze in it, yeah. So things could be worse. Yeah. You could be stuck there eating a chocolate orange without booze yeah. in it. Who wants that? Oh, man, there's no booze in this one. <laughs> uh. No, I mean, if you don't like chocolate orange, why are you buying a drink that has a chocolate and an orange on its logo? <laughs> it's probably, you, you've made some bad life choices that you're ending up there. Well, cheers. Cheers. Oh, God, the smell is so good. It's, yeah, it's, oh, wow. I like it. It literally smells like the chocolate orange. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hot damn. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Is that not amazing? Oh, I need a minute. Yeah. This is good. This is, I mean, this is appropriate for our Christmas episode, too, which is why I brought it. It's it's, uh, it's a very holiday, yeah. very festive chocolate orange. This is some good shit. I don't think I've ever had a drink that tastes exactly like what they describe it as. <laughs> like, normally it's like, oh, yeah, it's got a hint of this. This is literally if you were to purify a chocolate orange yeah. and drink it and then get drunk off that. This is good. Definitely recommend. Yelp review, 10 out of 10 stars. I don't Excellent. know how Yelp reviews work, yeah, but that's how I would rate it. Anyways, back to Roswell. Yeah, so um, in my research on Roswell, I discovered something called Roswellian Syndrome. It was uh, prominent skeptics... Blah. Sound it out. Prominent skeptics, <laughs> Dungo. <laughs> prominent skeptics, Joe Nickel and co-author James McGaha, identified a myth-making process which they called the Roswellian Syndrome. In this syndrome, a myth is proposed to have five distinct stages of development. Incident, debunking, submergence, mythologizing, and reemergence. The authors predicted that the Roswellian syndrome would play out again and again in other UFO conspiracy theories. So basically, you have the incident. In this case, it's the Roswell crash. Boom. Yeah. You have the debunking, which is all of the military going, it was a weather balloon. Then you have submergence, where it just goes away until the 70s. Then you have the mythologizing, which is sort of the spark of curiosity in the 70s, where it's like, oh, what's going on here? Oh, maybe there's more going on. And then you have reemergence where it bubbles up into the popular consciousness again. So, okay, I do recall in my research of this that this, so this was the first kind of alien introduction into the, like on Earth. But there were other things that happened later on. And there was a big chunk of time where Roswell, like this whole UFO landing was never talked about for a while. Mm. And it wasn't brought up until, like, the whole government thing happened where they kind of changed their story. So there were a few other things, uh, other, like, alien-type events that happened. I'm just, I'm wondering what you're referring to in the 70s, or maybe my timeline is off. Um, but there was, there were... Yeah, so in, believe... in my research, I remember there was something that talking about there were other alien events that happened, and Roswell wasn't really one of them that was talked about until... The government basically said, yeah, we lied to you about this. It was actually this. And then people started questioning, well, yeah, what else did you lie about? Is this even the truth you're telling us now? And that's why Roswell became a big thing about, oh, this is now the first alien encounter kind of thing. So uh, between 1978 and the early 1990s, UFO researchers such as Stanton T. Friedman, William Moore, and Carl T. Pflock and the team of Kevin D. Randall and Donald R. Schmidt interviewed several hundred people and 
who claim to have had a connection with the events of Roswell in 1947. So it started in 1975-78 that people started sort of, or at least these researchers started being interested in the subject. Okay. And then maybe it was the 90s that the government actually officially came out with their document. Because I think, I think yes, the government... Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I think after a certain amount of time, the government files become public knowledge or whatever. And so maybe that's what happened, is they had the report that then in 94 became Freedom of Information Acted, and maybe that's what happened. Because, yeah, it wasn't until then that all, yeah, so all this started happening where it was like, okay, there's more to it than just what yeah. they're saying. The first Air Force report concluded that the material covered in 1947 was likely debris from Project Mogul, which is the spying on Russia thing. Uh, and then the second report, released in 1997, concluded the reports of recovered alien bodies were likely a combination of innocently transformed memories of accidents involving military casualties with memories of the recovery of anthropomorphic dummies and military programs since the 1950s Operation Hydive, mixed with hoaxes. Okay, so yeah, there you go. So in 47, they say it's a weather balloon. Yeah. In 94, they come out saying, just kidding. It was Project Mogul, which yeah. was us spying on Russia to yeah. check on their atomic bomb development. Um, and then in 97, they're like, the bodies that people are saying that they've seen were not, were there. not alien bodies. We're, but they also weren't there. The, oh, okay. what, what you're remembering is seeing is other times event. that we took things that looked like bodies away. Yeah, so it wasn't the Roswell alien encounter. It was the Roswell crash test dummies test. Yeah. That we were doing, yeah, okay, all right. So there were, yeah, the conf a little bit of a conflicting thing, and that's why I think this has become such a big conspiracy. But again, it comes down to the whole kind of memories 30 or by the mm. 90s, mm -hmm. 50 years later, right? Yeah. You know, people are talking about like, yeah, I saw bodies being carried away. They're talking about an event that happened 50 years ago Yeah. where like, oh, wait, I can't actually have a memory from 50 years ago because I'm not that old yet. I was trying to come up with an example of well, something that... Well, but just think of your birth. Do you remember that? Totally. There were bodies being taken away all through the <laughs> hospital. It was so weird. <laughs> My doctor uh, had these huge black almond <laughs> eyes. Um, yeah, so no, I, I, I think we've definitely... We've already talked about eyewitness accounts are very unreliable after it's actually happened. Um, and, and I think we've covered like the big reasons why this has become a conspiracy where people question like the government has done it to themselves yeah uh, yeah that's true they have we've, we've released a story but then we've we also released, released story, something else later so, on saying we just yeah. we lied about maybe that. in another couple of years we're like oh so we lied about that and yeah. it was actually we were trying to enter a parallel dimension I'm trying to think about like what the next thing could be that isn't yeah. aliens. But so I feel like this is ne there's never going to be a way that the government can prove because there are pictures in the um, the account of uh, what was that Brazil was the yep. the ranch hand that found it. So in the his actual report of what he found, he does mention it was like a a, a flexible metallic type thing, almost like aluminum. He mentions something about. Um, it was like a rubber type, like strip or something. So he, I think he'd mentioned something about tape. So, and the pictures that I saw did look like exactly what he was describing. So I think the pictures are, are legit from what they found yeah. at that time. 
So looking at that stuff now, maybe back then the aluminum foil or whatever they were using wasn't a popular thing. It, was, it wasn't something that was commonly found in the market. Yeah, People yeah. weren't using it. So to a uh, standard, like a, just a regular person, it would seem like something that was foreign technology. But nowadays, if you built something out of aluminum foil, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's aluminum foil. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's fair. Yeah. Right? So I think at that time, maybe what he saw, even if it was aluminum foil, scotch tape, and I don't he know, rubber bands. Yeah, what it was, yeah. He would have been like, man, this is alien technology. We don't have this shit. Yeah, what? It stretches and still retains its form. Um, so, like, at that time, sure, maybe he, to him, it was alien technology, because yeah. it wasn't something that was in, in the common household. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, you gotta keep in mind, I remember hearing this, um, this thing about the, the U.S. military, I don't know if it's every military, but the U.S. military has technology that they're working on now that we won't see for, like, ten years. Yeah. Because they're they're just that advanced with what they're doing. Well, because it's technology for killing people. Exactly, we don't need to right? Kill they people. don't they don't want people to know about it because they're developing it for spying on or doing something yeah. to other countries. And it's only so we later that they can figure out how to make a better microwave with it. Yeah, exactly. Right? And then they're like, We don't need this old model, give it to the the people. We can use it for something else yeah, and we'll exactly. do it. Yeah. So I feel like maybe that's kind of a what was happening there is like Yes, there was aluminum foil, tape, and rubber bands, and this guy didn't know what it was. And so, to him, it was alien yeah, stuff. Yeah. And to the government, they were like, we can't release this information because then Russia's going to know what we're doing to yeah. them. So, we need to say something that is plausible that the people won't question. And they didn't question it for 30 years. Yeah, totally. Um, and so, I kind of feel like that's kind of what happened here in Roswell. Uh, do you, I, like, I don't know, do you have anything else? to say on that before I go on another... Well, so I want to stop you before you go on a tangent. Okay. Because there were two things that I wanted to talk about before we actually got to talking about Roswell, and then we got to talking about Roswell, and I forgot <laughs> to bring up these things. But we're good at this podcast <laughs> we thing. We are yeah. so good at this podcast thing. There were two news stories that came out in the last couple of weeks uh, about aliens that contradict each other massively. What? No way. And and I, I, I wanted I initially wanted to use that as like the, the jumping off point for getting into the podcast, but it's too late to do that now. Mm -hmm. So let's let's have a little interlude to talk about <laughs> the likelihood of uh, 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 there being alien life out there. Yeah. They the first exist. story the first yeah. story I encountered uh, was a scientist saying that no, alien life does not exist out there. The basic argument being that the processes that it takes to go from, you know, sparking the existence of life to life evolving into intelligence, all of that takes longer than the lifespan of a planet. Now, you're probably wondering how we as that was human my beings question. Yeah. did it. Did we just jump onto this planet after <laughs> well, the fact or what? apparently there are some... Some moments of like fast forwarding things that we managed to do through evolution. We managed to like skip ahead on certain things. Uh, and that, yes. in that in other yeah. planets, hit the fast forward button. They wouldn't not. What was that Adam Sandler movie where you hit the switch? Or yeah, switch. There you go. Whatever. Button. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that button um, movie. Okay. So the argument is that if if they didn't have the opportunity to have those sort of fast forward or jump ahead moments, there wouldn't have been enough time for life to okay. occur. Okay. I was talking to my daughter about this very thing, 
And and her response was like, well, why don't those planets have those fast forward moments too? Uh, the a former Israeli science mm. chief. Yes. Did you hear about this? You sent me the article. I yes. didn't read, but please uh, tell me. Came out and said that uh, Israel, both Israel and the United States, have been in communication with extraterrestrials. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up because this You has haven't been, read the article. I didn't read the article, but this has been my theory since President Donald Trump has announced the Space Force thing. Oh, okay. So, okay, we all know... That's interesting. Yes, and I've been saying this even before you sent the article. I was saying this that I think there's alien life form out there, and I think the U.S. government knows about that because Trump randomly decided to create (laughs) some Space Force thing to protect us from alien life forms or something. Trump is not the best secret keeper. He tweets everything. Yeah. But I had a feeling like he knows something and he knows that if he exposes too much of it, the the CIA or, or FBI would probably kill him or do something in a covert way that he would be, people would look at him a different way. Because this re- reminds me of a comic strip I read a couple of years ago where this guy like wakes up in bed in like a cold sweat and he's like, oh my God, I just realized something. And his girlfriend is like, what? He's like, there, there is no alien life in the universe. And, and his wife says, like, why? He's like, well, if there was, if there was evidence for it, if the government knew that there was alien life in the universe, Donald Trump wouldn't be able to stop talking about it. Yes, I saw that too. And cut to But I think I like your argument about the Space Force. That yeah, like, why else would he create a Space Force against some well, unknown? because he's a fucking idiot, but. Well, that too, but like he's an idiot that can't hide shit. So the fact that he can't come out and this is flat a surprisingly out, good argument. Actually. Yeah, he can't flat out come out and say there's aliens out there that we know of because but, he but, knows. But let's just make a military unit to defend yeah, ourselves from yeah, space. about against some imaginary thing that might yeah. happen in the future. I don't know. Trump's not one person. So, like, for that him... Is a, that is a surprisingly compelling argument. Here's the other way to go around that, is that the government hides shit from people all the time. How about you just create the Space Force and not say anything? But Trump needs to be validated for everything he does. So, he went on, and maybe there was a Space Force already created <laughs> from other governments... <laughs> And he just wanted to take credit for it. So he's like, fuck it. We got this thing already created. And meanwhile, Israel's let's like, just, oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, let's just create a flag and a logo. And then, well, yeah, I'll take credit for it. Because who? what other president is going to step forward saying they knew about this? Because oh, we can't admit man. to aliens. There's some good speculative fiction waiting to Done. be written around that. Yeah. I, I think that's real. But, yeah, that that is my theory behind why I think there is alien life form out there. Mm. Do you remember the alien autopsy video from 1995? Mm. Yes, I do remember seeing that. But I don't know what you're going to say about it. I just, <laughs> I just uh, remember just going it. For remember. Did you ever watch it? Um, I Okay, going back to memory. I think uh, I rented it. My memory may not be the best, but I do remember like the your standard alien uh, shaped yeah. human or yeah. not human, but alien, alien shaped, shaped alien. being, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, on a, a table, yeah, and it was kind of like a shitty 
almost like, like very um, grainy VHS. yeah very grainy yeah. type film just kind of panning up the body or whatever it's like early head. found footage sci-fi yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the Blair Witch Project of alien conspiracy right. videos, right? Um, so I do remember that, and I think I vaguely remember it being like somebody got this footage from Area Fifty One. I think that was the claim, or yeah, the claim was it was it was footage from Area Fifty One of this alien that was preserved yeah. from that crash landing. Okay, uh, and then even later, I think the filmmakers admitted that it was faked. But that it was based on what they heard about actual footage. Oh, I was so disappointed though when when I I, I didn't know that they they came out saying that it was fake. Based even watching of... it, you kind of knew it was fake. It just didn't look. I mean, I guess it should, was. I guess I should know what an alien being cut up would look like because they're an alien. But one of the things that I've I've read, which is interesting, is that following Close Encounters of the Third Kind, most people's experiences with alien abductions include descriptions of aliens that look eerily similar to that movie, which is not the case before that movie. And a thing here about Area 51, uh, which I think is a book by... Oh, that's a place. It is a place. <laughs> but I think my note is about a book called Area 51, an ancestor, an ancestored... Ugh. Area 51, an ancestor. Uns, why is that word so Oh my god. You know we're half cut when Uncestered. Todd can't read anymore. Area 51, an uncensored history of America's top secret military base by Annie Jacobson, which is apparently uh, based on interviews with scientists and engineers who worked in Area 51. Um, she dismisses the alien story. Jacobson quotes one unnamed source as claiming that Joseph Mengel a German officer and a physician in Auschwitz was recruited by the Soviet leader, Joseph Stalin, to produce grotesque child-sized aviators to be remotely piloted and landed in America in order to cause hysteria similar to Orson Welles's The War of the Worlds. According to Jacobson's narrative, the aircraft crashed, the incident was shot up by Americans, and bodies found at the crash site were children around 12 years old with large heads and abnormally shaped oversized eyes described as human guinea pigs. Um, so that's, so that's, that's that's what the Roswell aliens were in her yeah. argument. Yeah. So, okay, going on that child size, like alien type bodies found, um, there was something that I came across where there was a U.S. Army personnel that called a funeral home asking about or inquiring about child size coffins at that time mm. and this was this was somebody that was being interviewed again years after the fact about what had happened at the time and them thinking something was weird about this yeah. but it was nothing ever came of it but it was just this u.s person that called the funeral yeah. home funeral home in that area talking they were going on about I think it was like, how do you store like a body? And then do you have child size or what's the smallest size coffin you have? And so, yeah, there was something about that. But then in... Well, one thing about the U.S. military is that like whether they're dealing with alien life forms or mutated children from Russia, they always want to make sure they get a proper burial. Yeah, exactly. They're very respectful. Yeah. But on that, in the initial report from... Uh, what was his name? Brazil? Brazil? Brazil. Brazil. In his initial report, I believe 
I remember something about him saying that the craft, like the debris was small enough that it wouldn't be able to fit an, like an adult sized person or something. By the time he got back yeah. there, there might have been less debris than there was to start with. And maybe so. that goes to my other point that I did see in uh, in some of this research is that they don't actually know where the specific crash site was. There's like three different places where it's alleged oh. to have been in, in what I've heard. And so there are people in Roswell that will take you on a tour to a specific site. <laughs> but they don't know. Well, but the thing is they've done, and even this interview that I was listening to is that they, they've done, uh, like they've brought those like scientific people with the ground surveyors or whatever. And they looked over that area and they Thousers. found, yeah, whatever they are. And they found nothing in that area. And so that kind of adds to the mystery of, mm -hmm. is this a real thing? You know, what actually happened? What's going on? They can't even figure out where the actual landing site is. I've come to the end of my notes. Have you guys, um, else no, that was pretty much, we covered everything that I had on there. Yeah. I don't, this one is, it's fascinating to me because on the one hand of, I don't think that this was legitimately an alien crashing. Um, on the other hand, I don't think we're the only ones in the universe based yeah. off of what I said earlier. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of conflicting. Like, I want this to be something that where we know alien, we first encountered aliens, I guess, of the first kind. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the wanting. I think this would be a fun one to be real. I don't think it is. I, I think it's the case of like the the decay of memory over time. Um, that and then also the government just the government, the yeah, the government on the like, whole thing. Hey, that's a lie here, but that's also tell the truth here, which is also maybe a lie and. For this podcast, I would say Roswell, I don't think, is the the birthplace of alien encounters. Oh, but it's definitely the birthplace of alien conspiracy theories. Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. I would love to visit there one day. I'd be love to go to the, like, there's probably like a Roswell Museum or Roswell Oh, yeah. They got, yeah. like, so many things over there. I think it'd be awesome. I yeah. definitely want to go there one day. Now that we're done with Roswell, as we're wrapping things up, we're gonna because it's like soften things a little bit with a, a cream liqueur, courtesy of Forty Creek. Well, I mean, courtesy of me. Well, yeah, courtesy of Carlo. Yeah, but it wasn't it invented? Gifted? I heard it was Creek. gifted to you. Okay, well, it was gifted to me, but I mean, I'm gifting it to you as That's well right. on this shot. Anyway. So I want to point out, if, in case you've noticed, you might have noticed that we're being a little bit more forward with what we're drinking. That is based on some critique we've gotten from uh, listeners. And it's fair. Like, we're uh, we're a Half Cut Conspiracies podcast. We're, we, we drink and talk about conspiracies, and yet we never talk about what we're drinking. So we're trying to introduce that element to the podcast uh, hopefully it works. If you don't like it, if you find it's intrusive, let us know. If you do like it and you want to hear more of it, let us know. Basically, just let us know let what us you know think of our something. podcast. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're uh, we're just a couple of guys that are having drinks talking about podcasts, and we're uh, uh, wanting and also to conspiracies. make sure. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is how half cut I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just a couple guys talking about uh, conspiracies, and we want to make sure it's entertaining for you. Totally. So definitely let us know if there's something that you really enjoy or you didn't like. You can email us at halfcutconspiracies at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook at Half Cut Conspiracies. Let us know what works for you, what you want to see us do different. Yep. Um, if you have any conspiracies that you'd like to see us cover, we're definitely interested in hearing what you want to listen to. Uh, I mean, we're, we're doing this in part because we like to drink and just have a conversation, uh, but also we want to we want to entertain you. We want yes. to. Uh, it's a work in progress. So, yeah, it is. Uh, it's evolving. Like I said, like we're we're doing this alcohol discussion, which is different from what we've done before. Uh, maybe two weeks from now we won't do it. Maybe two weeks from now we'll do something different. We're we're feeling it out. We're trying to figure out what this should be, what it needs to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we basically want to fill your ear holes with joy. Yes. So let us know what uh, makes you happy. And uh, we will try and incorporate that in future episodes. Uh, but for now, we will uh, cheers with this uh, Forty Creek Nanaimo Bar Cream, which is delicious. Uh-huh. <sighs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if any of you follow our Facebook account. There was um, a little audio bit posted about me not uh, liking yeah, Nanaimo Bar. Yeah, not a fan of Nanaimo Bars. I don't like Nanaimo Bars themselves, but, but this Forty the Creek stuff, them, yeah. man, this is good. So definitely check it out over he, the holiday He likes season. Nanaimo Bar smoothies. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. grind up a Nanaimo Bar and put alcohol in it, and I like it. Yeah. Uh, next week, this is not, not next week, next episode. Uh, it's not often that we talk about what's upcoming, but we planned these two episodes together. Uh, having finished up with Roswell, New Mexico tonight, we are following up with the next obvious choice, Area 51. Where did all of those parts from the crash, where did all those aliens go? They went to Area 51. That's what we're talking about next time. Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't actually mention that in this episode, that uh, Roswell is very close to the uh, military base in Nevada, Area 51. And so that's where they had kind of talked about uh, some of the, a lot of these things going. And so, yeah, we're going to follow up this episode with uh, going a little bit more in detail of where the alien bodies were reported to have gone and what has come from Area 51. From the reports. Yes. Uh, so, tune. yeah, make sure to tune in for that one. As always, thanks for listening. We appreciate your ears and the time that you spend with us. If you like what we're doing, you can support us on Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash blah, 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 media. B-L-A-H, 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 media. Uh, we have a few different uh, tiers of support there. And, uh, yeah, if you like what we're doing, throw us a couple of bucks. Normally, we close out with a My Grandpappy Said moment. Ooh, yes. We're going to try something a little bit different this week that may or may not work. We'll find out. (laughs) Um, This is our Christmas episode. Many of you, no, probably few of you because of (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19. Nobody is going home to visit their family, <laughs> so this is probably useless. But this is like the KFC thing, this is like the lonely dinner, thing. yeah, the lonely in dinner, the wrong yeah. year, yeah. So if you find yourself uh, in a Zoom meeting with your family and your weird racist uh, conspiracy-driven uncle slash grandpa slash whatever. We had we wanted to come up with some things that you could talk about that might get him off the subject of 
whatever weird like Any masks of, don't yeah. work, vaccines are going to kill you kind of conspiracy he might be spouting. So uh, here is our not top 10 list because uh, it's less than that. Just a random list a random of things list. you could you could bring up if he brings yeah. up any type of conspiracy that you yeah. don't like. So I'm going to start with uh, asking him how his knee or other joints are. Like you can zero in on what your grandpa's or uncle's really problem joints are. Like I think everyone has one. Maybe it's his knee, maybe it's his like shoulder. Just like, hey, how is that? how's that joint been treating you lately what does it tell you about like the rain what does it tell you about like you know what's going on he'll probably rant about it for a while but at least like while he's ranting about that it'll be not COVID-19 and then uh another one I'm assuming there will be drinks at the table so at the uh, zoom table at the zoom table yes I mean everyone will be drinking their own drink you can ask him what his favorite drink was from when he was younger. Yeah. That would be interesting to know. In fact, ask him specifically how he feels about the Manhattan whiskey cocktail, which we have been enjoying tonight, which I still have in front of me. Yes. Uh, yeah, why, me too. I know. Probably why gotta, I couldn't pronounce yeah. Manhattan whiskey cocktail. <laughs> this one, this is a tricky one. You could choose to ask him how he feels about Donald Trump losing at the Supreme Court recently. Now... It means he's going to probably go off on a rant, but at least it's a rant you can tune out for a while. So, yeah, that's one of those mileage may vary. Uh, It's a risky one, but it could actually eat up a lot of time uh, if it goes according to plan. This is true. And then at the end of the day, you can just say, well, they threw it out of the court anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Uh, And then also, you can ask him about his favorite memory from his top artist or his Spotify year-end wrap-up. Yeah, totally. That would be a good one. I think you get some new uh, songs to listen to. Yeah. And if he doesn't know what Spotify is, you could probably spend a good two or three hours helping him set it up on his (laughs) phone. So (laughs) that might eat up some time as well. Uh, I would also recommend uh, asking him if he has seen The Queen's Gambit. Uh, It's a very, very good show on Netflix. It's about chess. Uh, It's a game that was invented probably like around when your grandpa was alive. Assuming he's still alive now, actually. No, that's that's not a very wrong. It was invented when he was young. It was invented long before that. I ruined the joke by by fucking up the punchline. The point is, like, your grandpa probably knows what chess is. And also, um, um, the main character is kind of a looker. So he probably would appreciate spending, you know, a good few hours hanging out with Anya Taylor-Joy. He was a fine actress. Stellar performance in The Queen's Gambit. I mean, even if he doesn't want to talk about chess, you could just talk about the show itself. And you could teach him about Netflix. You could. Uh, and then lastly, if you're desperate, you can just talk about your genitalia. That's probably the best way to <laughs> shut down a conversation. Anyways. All right. Uh, well, there's some ideas for you. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, hopefully you make it through those uh, those meals and family Zoom visits just fine. If you are lucky enough to be in a place where you can meet face-to-face, enjoy that. Take advantage of it. Uh, from us here at Half Cat Conspiracies, I wish you... A very, 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 very happy holidays. Yeah, and uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, we look forward to more episodes in the new year. Yep. And we've got some exciting new things coming up. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Cheers. <laughs>